Martin Truex Jr. dominates in California. Kevin Harvick wrecks out early. And Jimmy Johnson coming back for a solid top 10 finish. Here are all of those topics and more in this episode about the stripe with Noah Lewis. Welcome into At The Stripe Podcast with Noah Lewis. Boy, do we have a lot to talk about following this weekend's race at Auto Club. We saw a fantastic race full of action in the Xfinity Series on Saturday, and Sunday really didn't disappoint either. Uh, In both races, there were pretty standout dominant cars, but, you know, we saw a lot of racing throughout the pack, and, and that's easy to see at Auto Club. It's a track that... There's a lot of drafting. There's a lot of moving around. On restarts, you can get four and five wide into those corners, no problem, and come out alive. And that's not something you can see at most racetracks where you can run any groove. And that's something we saw this weekend, definitely. And it provided a great show for everyone. Uh, Especially the winners, who were Joey Logano in the Xfinity Series and Martin Truex Jr. in the Cup Series, We're going to break down those races, but let's kick it off with how the weekend really started. Qualifying began on Friday, as it usually does. Friday, there were some issues. A lot of cars could not get through tech inspection. All drivers out of the Hendrick Motorsports camp did not make it to the grid. A few drivers from, I believe, Team Penske did not make it to the grid. A few Joe Gibbs racing drivers. So we had some big names that weren't able to make it to qualify. Uh, especially all of the Hendrick Motorsports cars. We saw that and NASCAR basically came out with, hey, here's what we're going to do. We have so many cars that did not qualify and others that did. And that's going to put these cars that did not qualify on a distinct advantage because they're going to have fresher tires. And we're at Auto Club where tires mean something. After three laps in a run, your tires are going to be worse than the guys starting in the back that are just going to rip through the field. So NASCAR said, we know that this may not be intentional, but we are just going to, for the sake of competition, say you can purchase this extra set of tires for the guys that did qualify and start on fresh tires, just like the guys who didn't qualify. So it was... A lot of there were a lot of mixed reviews. There was okay NASCAR's trying to do something to make sure the racing is fair, make sure there's not a distinct advantage at the start. And then there was there was obviously not going to be a problem where guys were failing tech on purpose. So let's just use it how the rules state and not worry about it, you know? So we had guys like Kevin Harvick who reached out and said, Here's what I think, let's not even start our qualifying tires on the race day. Let's not use those qualifying tires and do them for race. Let's take those qualifying tires and yet let's use them for qualifying practice. We can only make a certain amount of runs to ensure that we have a good package for qualifying and whoever comes out on top of that will maybe get the hole. That would 
change that up a little bit. There'd be guys with more advantages on tires. You know, it'd be a very mixed up thing, but NASCAR is definitely going to look into it and see what they can do as a on a competition standpoint because something obviously needs to be done there. Uh, Martin Truex Jr., he came out with the pole. Kevin Harvick led both rounds of qualifying and then just fell off at the end, would end up starting 10th which would end up making his day a lot worse because he would end up coming through the field and battling when battling with Kyle Larson would make some contact. Uh, some thought that maybe he was mad with Larson for getting him loose off the corner. What Harvick said in his interview following the race was, I came down to side draft him and we met in the middle. Uh, the replay showed Kevin Harvick coming down and making contact with Kyle Larson that contact would send Kevin Harvick's car to the right and into the wall and then sling it across the racetrack down onto the inside of the track, almost hitting the inside wall. Harvick was able to finish the race, I believe, about 10 laps down in 30-something position. So definitely not the day that Kevin Harvick was wanting at all, but especially when he came into this race trying to go for four, knowing that he could and knowing that he was one of the best cars. In practice, Kevin Harvick was fastest on a 10-lap average, fastest on a 5-lap average, fastest on a 15-lap average. He was the guy to beat today and quickly became not. So Kevin Harvick did end up finishing 35th on the day, not finishing on the lead lap, but finishing at that, you know, making sure he could get some laps, hoping to pick up some positions, wouldn't end up picking up many, like I said, finishing 35th. So not the day that 14 won it. But, hey, I mean, they're coming off of three wins straight. So, you know, don't sweat it too much. We can't. They can't let this get to them in such a way that it messes up their performance on Sunday in Martinsville. So hopefully that will continue to push Kevin Harvick because we saw when he had some – Issues in Phoenix with the, or excuse me, in Las Vegas with the encumbered win. He came back at Phoenix and said, "Here, look, look what I can do. You know, you give me some, some sort of disadvantage to this team, something that brings us down. Then we're gonna show you what we can do. Maybe that's what Harvick will do in, in Martinsville at a track that he's okay at. So we'll have to watch him closely after this run. Uh, it really can break some momentum for a team, but it seems like that team really takes and and." feeds off of that kind of bad mojo just to show up and say we don't care about that we're going to move forward and we're still going to do well so not the day for Kevin Harvick but still ended up finishing the race I'm repeating myself at this point so let's go on to the next topic uh Martin Truex Jr. stellar performance went one stage one one stage two would go on to win the race his only competition throughout the day was really Kyle Busch at certain points of the race so Really not, I mean, it was kind of like that Martin Truex Jr. that we saw last year. You know, we saw him come out of the gate strong and win in Las Vegas two races earlier last year. But this year we see him winning at Auto Club. And that's a team that you're definitely going to have to contend with for the championship in Miami if they can continue to run well. And they really showed that, hey, you know, we're not falling off of our our, our program that we had going last year. We're still here. We can still dominate a race, and we can put 10th on back, or excuse me, 11th on back, multiple, you know, a lap down at least, because that's how it was. Only the top 10 finished on the lead lap. 
following that last caution that would lead them to the finish. So Martin Truex Jr. putting on a clinic today. Like we said, his only competition was Kyle Busch, who had a mishap on his final pit stop of the day. Uh, Kyle came down pit road, and they were going to do a wedge adjustment. Ended up going the wrong way on that wedge adjustment. Uh, The guy making the adjustment was confused. Something happened there. They were supposed to go the right way. The crew chief called the right call. Uh, the crew member did not service the car how they needed it to be serviced and make the right wedge adjustment. Kyle Busch would have to adjust from the track bar, which does not help as much as what you can do. It would really just balance it out and give him what he had when he came into pit road and wanted that change to try to keep up with Truex. But instead, he had to run a couple laps, figure out where he could adjust the track bar to make the car run smoothly. By that time, Martin Truex Jr. had passed and pulled away and never looked back, and there was not another caution. Uh, That was the first race of the season, or excuse me, what am I saying? That was the first race at Auto Club in multiple years that did not go into overtime. So that was really interesting to see that we didn't get a overtime. I believe this would have been the fifth consecutive year if there was an overtime finish. Uh, I was hoping for an overtime. I'd I'd have liked to see. I think Truex would have came out with the win, but it would have been very fun to see what other guys could do to maybe play off strategy. Or, I mean, I it's a no brainer that you'd have to come down and get tires, or else he'd blow around you with that long of a run. Depending on where the caution came out, but for an overtime finish, if it ran all the way to that final stint of five to go and it became an overtime finish you'd have to come down and get tires because there's no way you're going to do that on uh on old tires so it would have been very interesting to see what could have been done but that isn't the way it played out it did play out with martin Truex jr claiming the victory much like we saw last year could this be the start you know could this be the momentum momentum is such a huge thing in racing a lot of people don't really notice how much momentum can push a driver to step over the edge, try something new, and end up coming away with the win? Uh, some momentum for Martin Truex Jr. today was seeing that four-car wreck, I guarantee. He got the pole, and when he heard the four-car is has wrecked and is not going to be in contention, that probably flipped a switch in all of their brains saying, okay, our toughest composition is someone who's been beat the last few weeks. So... We just got to do what we can do. We got to stay up front, and we got to run a race like we've been running the fall or the past season. So, very good day for them. Uh, nice to see. Following the race, Kyle Busch. It was reported that NASCAR was looking over his car to see if there was a missing lug nut. Uh, if so, that would only be a fine. If it was just one, that would only be a fine. That's what they're thinking about right now. Is that there's just one missing lug nut? Nothing too big, too major there, but. Definitely not the pit stop they wanted to end the day with now a missing lug nut and a failed wedge adjustment. So that's that's just more pressure on Kyle Busch. He has been really down the past couple of weeks. He made it clear that he does not want to finish second. And I don't know a driver who would want to finish second unless you're you know someone who rarely ever finishes second. But Kyle Busch, when you're a car that can win, and you're an equipment that can win, and you're a driver that's won many, seeing those wins click away 
and you finishing runner-up or third or somewhere in the top three where you've led laps that day, it's really got to put a toll on him. And that's going to be bad momentum heading into the next couple of races because we've seen Kyle Busch making little, that whole team making little mistakes. They're they're down right now. They're running so well, but not getting that first place finish that they want to get and that they've run well enough to get at certain points in a race. And they're just giving it away. And so definitely that could play a big factor toward the next parts of the season with Kyle Busch. Where is his head at right now? Is he that, you know, down that little stuff is going to get to him? And, and, you know, like we saw with Kevin Harvick and his team, he had something that wasn't very great in the encumbered, parentheses encumbered, not really encumbered anymore, that win that was taken away from him. Uh, and they used it as good momentum to push them to succeed. That's something that that 18 team really, really needs to do right now. Instead of taking it and having their heads down, they need to raise their heads up and they need to say, we ran pretty good today. We need to finish better next week and we're going to do everything we can to do that. So interesting to find out what they can do heading into the rest of the season. We saw Kyle Busch go without a win last season for a very long time. I mean, it was a week after Indianapolis before he was able to claim his first win. And it was one of the longest of his career. And that was a long stint of races. It was over a year had gone by since Kyle Busch had won his last race. And and that was very, very hard on Kyle Busch. But once he got that win, he was in a great state of mind. And he continued to go out and win races. And he made it to the championship four. He did not get the championship, but the team was able to carry momentum from starting to get the finishes they deserve, getting that one win that really set them off, and and being able to carry that. So uh, Martin Truex Jr., yes, did finish first today. Kyle Larson in a Chevrolet for Chip Ganassi Racing. He's always running. He's always run well there at Auto Club. He finishes second. Kyle Busch, as we mentioned, finished third. They had a pretty good battle toward the end for second and third. Brad Keselowski finished fourth. He's got some good history at Auto Club Speedway. His teammate Joey Logano finished fifth. Denny Hamlin finished sixth. Eric Jones, who ran very well all season long, finished seventh. The third team Penske driver, Ryan Blaney, finished eighth. Jimmy Johnson finished ninth. Best finish of the season for Jimmy Johnson. Great to see that team get a solid-ish finish uh, in ninth place in his Chevy, Austin Dillon able to back up his success at Auto Club Speedway with a 10th place finish. Clint Boyer finishing 11th. Eric Almarola finishing 12th. Alex Bowman finishing 13th. Kurt Busch finishing 14th. William Byron finishing 15th. William Byron ran a very good race today. We're going to talk about him a little later. Chase Elliott, his teammate, finishing 16th. Not as well for Chase Elliott after that finish that was taken away from him we're going to talk about that in a minute too uh jamie mcmurray finishing 17th ricky stenhouse jr 18th paul menard 19th and bubba wallace jr coming back with a solid 20th place finish that's the best finish that they've had in a couple of weeks i believe since daytona if i'm not wrong uh don't take my word on that go ahead and look it up if you'd like to but i believe that was his best finish since daytona but we saw the stewart house drivers not run as well as they've been running the last few weeks this weekend. None of the Stuart Haas drivers. They went from a weekend where 
All Stuart House drivers finished in the top 10 to a weekend where none of them finished in the top 10. Clint Boyer was the highest finishing Stuart House driver in 11th. Uh, if, Cur- if, excuse me, if, what's his name? Kevin Harvick, sorry, <laughs> I drew a blank. If Kevin Harvick would have finished in that, or had been able to finish that race, he would have most likely finished in the top 10 after the speed of that car uh, throughout the weekend was was shown. But obviously not being able to claim the checkered flag in the top 10 uh, with that wreck from him and Kyle Larson this weekend. So let's dive into Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, we talked about. Good day for him. After coming off of a weekend where there was a huge surprise uh, as a race fan, for many years, I didn't see this coming. I'm sure most race fans also didn't see this coming. One of the longest-running sponsors in NASCAR will not be returning to sponsor next season, and that being Lowe's with Jimmy Johnson. Hendrick Motorsports announced earlier this week that Lowe's will be stepping away following this season, and Jimmy Johnson will have a new primary sponsor. Uh, this really surprised me because Jimmy Johnson has been with Lowe's. Lowe's has been with Jimmy Johnson since Jimmy Johnson entered the sport. And Lowe's has been around the sport for a lot longer than that, going back to around the 80s. So for a sponsor to go from full-time sponsorship to from 38 races a year to saying, okay, we're done, it really confuses me. Why not just cut that sponsorship maybe in half? You know, obviously Lowe's had some other ideas with where they want to take their sponsorship and they want it to back out completely, uh, making it only one full-time sponsor for NASCAR with Smithfield and Eric Almirola where they sponsored the entirety of the season. So it was very surprising to me and so many others that Lowe's won't be on the car and that we won't see Jimmy Johnson driving a Lowe's car, but it does also open a lot of doors to other sponsorships because that's some prime real estate right there. That's a seven-time champion with Jimmy Johnson. That's a guy who's done more than what any competitor of this era will be able to do. So it'll be very interesting to see if we'll see a new sponsor in the sport, uh, It'll be interesting to see Jimmy Johnson maybe transition sponsors, how we see secondary and primary sponsors maybe seeing something other than just Lowe's on the race car every weekend. Uh, we obviously won't ju- won't see Lowe's on the race car, but meaning we won't just see one sponsor on the race car. Maybe we will. Maybe we'll see a sponsor that's brand new to the sport. Maybe we'll see a sponsor that's jumping over teams. I don't know, but all I know is that that's a very good card to be on top of. They haven't had the success in the past few weeks or this season in general or for much of the end of last season, but how can you go wrong when you're on the front of a car that's won seven championships with a driver who's won seven championships and a crew chief and team who's won those seven championships with them, you know? So I will be very interested to see as we move on to next season and to the off season when this will probably be announced on who will be the new sponsor of that 48 and it'll be so weird to see a new sponsor you know not seeing that low sponsor on the 48 car you know we there's no way to think back to a time where that wasn't something you know because jimmy johnson has always been with Lowe's. so 
it'll be fun to see who comes into the sport, who moves over from a different car, you know, whatever the case may be, and who lands on that 48 car because they will be on a very good race car for sure. William Byron, man, we talked about him last week. William Byron came off of a great run at Phoenix, led 15 laps, was able to finish 12th, stayed consistently in the top 10. That team carried major, I'm I'm getting back to my momentum thing, major momentum heading into this season, I mean into this race weekend, and they showed it. In practice, the car wasn't that great. They were running about 21st to 23rd for all practices. They didn't get to qualify, had that disadvantage of starting in the back. But William Byron, really as a driver, grew a lot last week, more than what I saw at first. It really connected in his head that, hey, I was able to run with these guys. I am fast enough to do that, and I know what I'm doing to be able to do that. He stayed out and led 15 laps when he was expecting to be taken and on lap two, you know, and taken for the lead. So uh, William Byron backed that up again this weekend, and he came charging through the field on the start, made his way from around 30th to 23rd, I believe, on the first run, and then they adjusted on that race car, made his way up to 15th or so, played some strategy, ended up in the... uh, Well, not strategy, but great pit stops and different things. Ended up in the top 10, racing for 7th. You know, ended up in 7th at one point on a restart. And then the caution came out while they were in the 13th spot, and they decided to come down pit road and be the only of of all the lead lap cars to take two tires. Um, At the time, they had only run three green flag laps on the tires, But at Auto Club, that is a lot of green flag laps, believe it or not. With the oldest surface in NASCAR, that's a lot of laps. So I liked, I didn't like the call from Darian Grubb, the crew chief. I liked the fact that they have a crew chief who is willing to make a call, though. He's willing to, you know, surrender a good spot for maybe an even better spot. And so they took two tires, were the only drivers to do so. Casey Kane stayed out on his old tires and fell back pretty far. William Byron would go on to stay in the top ten for a, probably a good seven laps and then rotated toward outside of the top ten, would fall all the way back to 18th spot uh, where he was then able to make it back up. There were no more yellows for the rest of the day, but on pit stops was able to make it back up to 15th. Uh, was racing for 14th and 13th in the closing laps. He was right there with Alex Bowman and Kurt Busch, wasn't able to get those two positions, but was right there with him and would end up finishing 15th in his fifth race ever in the Cup Series. And I'd say that was a heck of a job for young rookie 20-year-old William Byron to come back, lead laps again in this race, uh, be put out front, shown what he could do, stayed in the top 10 more than what most people could do on old tires and then came back and still rebounded and didn't give up after that failed strategy to go back and finish in the top 15. Uh, They definitely had a top 10 car. I don't know why that was a strat and Darren Grubb apologized for the, for the strategy in the end. He said he was hoping that that would play off and would get them a couple more positions than 
rather than lose a couple positions, but obviously didn't work. Um, I would have maybe liked the call more if he was coming from 25th and was trying to get track position. But when you're coming in and you're running top 10 speeds and you only lost a few spots on a three-lap restart and that's the reason you're running 13th and not 10th and you can make that back up on fresh tires, why not just make that back up on fresh tires? So I, I definitely believe that 24 car was capable of a top 10 inside the top 10 finish and did not get the finish that they deserved today. But to see a crew chief be able to make strategic calls is very good for that team. And to see a driver who was that young and what did not give up after the failed strategy and still at the end of the race said, you know what, guys, great job. You worked hard all day. I tried to get us what we could there at the end. We played strategy. It didn't work out, but I'm proud of this team for what we did today. To have someone at 20 years old to have that much of a head on his shoulders to say, good job, and not ugh. You know, that's what we see out of a lot of rookie drivers, out of younger drivers, is, oh my gosh, we didn't get the finish we deserved today. I'm going to hang my head for the rest of the week until we get into Martinsville and we take that green flag and I put my game face on. With William Byron, we don't see that. We see, I appreciate how much you guys did today. We're going to go get them next week regardless, and this will be easier once we get our cars faster soon. You know, That's what we see out of, uh, out of William Byron, and that's what's progressed his career so quickly, I believe. Uh, also, his ability to drive a race car for sure and to driving good equipment. I mean, that's he's been amazing with that. But to have a good head on his shoulders, to be able to walk away from a place like Phoenix in the truck series and his rookie season in the truck series, to walk away from a place like Phoenix where he was leading and his truck blew up and he did not get to fight for the championship. He would go on to win that race the following weekend and didn't get to park it in championship victory lane, got to park it in race winning victory lane. That kind of person that, in his interview, was sad and, and, and not happy, but wasn't, you know, crazy with it. What Had a good head on his shoulders, had a good amount of thankfulness for his team regardless of the outcome, different things like that. That is what William Byron is, and he is just a student of the sport. He's still, I mean, this kid is getting his degree in college while racing, while studying the sport, and week in and week out impressing more and more did not get his best career finish today but he was headed in that direction for sure i mean he was racing in the top 10 at on on his fifth racetrack our first fifth race in his career in the cup series at one of the biggest racetracks in the series you know with the best of the best so see william byron come off of a, a weekend where he did well and then back it up with another weekend where he did well and just to move on from this weekend with his head high ready for Martinsville it's great and something that I took away from what he said following the race was you know we'll go get, it's going to come easier once we get this team in a better direction once we get and and this west coast swing has taken a major toll on a lot of teams including Hendrick Motorsports who has a new body and wasn't able to thoroughly break down what they've learned yet and I, I mentioned that in the past few episodes is they're out there right now and they're not in their team shops 
You know, they cannot do major things. So if they're learning stuff, they've got to wait until they get back to the East Coast, which is now to really break those things down and send them to the racetrack. They're already working hard with the stuff they've learned, but they can't do much about that when the cars are already on the West Coast. So William Byron said following that race, this these good finishes are going to come way easier. We're not going to have to play strategy because we're going to be better. We're going to do good things, and we're going to be running and contending for races week in and week out. And that's what he's expecting to see. And that is just, I mean, for someone that young and for a rookie, it's just great to see. Uh, I don't care who you are. It's it's amazing to see. So jumping back over into the Xfinity side of things, this is something I, I kind of want to do more often is break down the other series instead of just the Cup Series because that, that does play a big role in the NASCAR world. It It's the next drivers, you know, what what are they doing? So we saw this weekend Martin Truex Jr. win Stage 1, Stage 2 in the race. Similarly to the Cup race, the Xfinity race, Joey Logano was able to win Stage 1 and Stage 2 and end up finishing first in the race. There was a lot of strategy being played as well in that Xfinity race. Uh, at one point, the field pitted. Joey Logano didn't. And another caution would come out, and Joey Logano would pit, and the field didn't because they didn't have enough they didn't have some tires for a later race restart, you know. So Joey Logano comes back through the field. He surges to the victory. But JRM teammates with Justin Allgaier and Elliot Sadler, a great battle all the way to the end. Great to see a Xfinity regular team in junior motorsports that was so strong last year, continue to be so strong this year. We see Christopher Bell now is running a full schedule full-time for Joe Gibbs Racing. And that was really the Junior Motorsports downfall the following few seasons from 2016 on back is Joe Gibbs Racing. What are they going to do? You know, we saw Daniel Suarez win the Xfinity Series title when he was up against two other JRM cars. So what are what are they going to do? Where are they at? Where is their competition at? That's Joe Gibbs Racing. That's a cup team. They're going to have better equipment than us. Uh, we we have only one JRM, or actually two, excuse me, JRM full-time drivers this season with Brandon Jones and with Christopher Bell. Christopher Bell was involved in multiple incidents, wasn't able to get the finish. He probably deserved finish 21st, the other Joe Gibbs driver with Brandon Jones bringing it home in 13th. So not much competition from the Joe Gibbs, uh, Joe Gibbs guys this weekend. We saw Elliot Sadler, Justin Allgaier, and their rookie teammate Tyler Reddick, who's not really a rookie to the series. He has a win with Chip Ganassi Racing in the series from 2017, but is a rookie to full-time competition in the Xfinity Series. He ran very well all day, didn't get the finish he deserved, but still a great one with seventh. Michael Annette, the other JRM teammate, ran amazing all day in the top ten, which is not what... We're used to seeing out of that five car with Michael Annette. Usually he's running, you know, mid-15th on back. So it was great to have Michael Annette running up front. He was involved in that incident with with Christopher Bell coming toward the end of the race. He would go on to finish 18th, not the finish he deserved. But nevertheless, JRM with a fantastic day. They really showed that they could even compete with the leader, who was a Team Penske guy, so that that whole program over there with JRM is definitely getting better. 
Uh, Austin Dillon would finish fourth. Daniel Hemrick in that RCR Chevy, he's been doing great, would finish fifth. Cole Custer still doing very well in the double zero, would finish sixth. Tyler Reddick, seventh. Matt Tift in a new ride for RCR would finish eighth. Ryan Priest in one of his few rides this season with Joe Gibbs would finish ninth. And Ross Chastain, this guy, is driving equipment that should not be finishing 10th usually, and he's been able to really bring that car home to finishes that are well beyond what it should be finishing. He was able to finish in the 10th spot. Great run for Ross Chastain. Uh, As we head into the next race, Elliott Sadler will be the points leader by just a few points over his teammate Tyler Reddick, who is leading by just one point over his teammate Justin Allgaier. So, only four back for Tyler Reddick, five back from the leader, Elliot Sadler, for Justin Allgaier, only one back from his teammate in second, Tyler Reddick. Christopher Bell is 27 back from Elliot Sadler in the fourth spot, Daniel Hemrick in the fifth spot, Cole Custer in the sixth spot, and Spencer Gallagher in the seventh spot. Ryan Truex in the eighth spot, Brandon Jones in the ninth spot, and Matt Tift in that rounding out the top ten for the driver standings right now in the Xfinity Series. So a great battle throughout the season. We'll see. Maybe we'll have another all three Junior Motorsports entries in the Final Four uh, with the 9, the 1, and the 7. The 5 car still not showing enough performance to make it to that championship round. We've seen crazier things, but uh, not probably not a full-fledged team championship four. We will definitely probably see Christopher Bell in that championship four come to Miami. So that's still a long ways away. We're not going to really talk about that for too long, but to see JRM really backing up what they were doing last year and doing even better this year with now a full-time competitor with Christopher Bell and and great quality equipment in the 20 car, uh, it's great to see them still doing well on the Xfinity side of things. So... Hopefully they're able to carry that along throughout the season and we'll continue to see great battles over on the Xfinity Series side. As for the trucks, we see them back in action at Martinsville this weekend. That's always a fantastic race. Usually Kyle Busch is in it. Uh, For the past few years, I don't believe he was able to claim the win. I remember late last year, Noah Gragson was able to come away with the win, I believe, in Martinsville. So maybe he can be able to back that up with Rudy Fugel now working with Noah Gragson, who had worked with Christopher Bell the year before winning that championship, and William Byron the year before that winning so many races. So great crew chief driver pairing for Noah Gragson as they head into Martinsville. It'll be a couple weeks off for the Xfinity Series. We won't see them racing, but we will see a lot of action in the trucks. We usually see a ton of action with those trucks, those truck drivers Really will on those things. They can get very loose at some points, and uh, the back end loves to come around. So at a track like Martinsville, you're beating and banging, and you got a lot of kids who are very not experienced. It should be a very wild and fun race. So make sure you guys tune in to that because it'll definitely be fun to watch, and we'll talk about all of that coming in the next Tuesday episode of At The Stripe following this weekend, hopefully, because... Martinsville looking a little iffy. There's a nor'easter headed our way uh, over on the Martinsville side. Uh, I live relatively close to Martinsville. I won't be at the race this weekend, unfortunately. Maybe at the Richmond race. But there's a 
I can't even talk. There is a nor'easter. It makes me sick just thinking about it. That's why I'm tongue twisted. Headed our way again. There could be snow on Wednesday. It's projected in Martinsville as well as here. That doesn't really matter because there's no action on the track in Martinsville on the Wednesday. Friday looking iffy right now, looking okay. Saturday looking iffy, but Sunday on forward not looking the best that it could. As we get further into the week, weather changes in a heartbeat. So maybe some things will change around and we'll be able to get that race in when it's supposed to be. And we'll definitely get in at some point, whether that's this weekend, next weekend. Well, it could be next weekend, but whether that's this coming weekend or a day after, you know, we'll, we'll somehow, NASCAR will somehow find a way to get it in, but it will be a iffy situation on if we'll get it in on their scheduled time with this upcoming weather. So make sure you keep up to date on what's going on in that world. Uh, if there is some sort of change in the schedule, make sure you te- check out the At The Stripe podcast twitter page because we will probably update you on that also my twitter page noah underscore lewis one i'll keep you updated on that as well so make sure you guys are tuning in next weekend oh my goodness we should have a ton of action to break down more so than the last few weeks with a track like martinsville you're gonna have action you're gonna have bumping and banging you're gonna have tempers and maybe we'll have some action under the lights with the upcoming weather. So make sure you tune in next week. Make sure you set your calendars so you don't miss that because that will be one heck of a show probably. Uh, maybe seeing a new winner this season. We've only seen three of those. But Martinsville definitely opens the door for a lot of different people like A.J. Allmendinger, you know, so on and so forth. My picks for Martinsville... Maybe someone like Chase Elliott. We saw Chase Elliott running very well there last for the last few times. Uh, Chase Elliott ran very well there. Did not have the finish he deserved, obviously, in the second race in November when him and Denny Hamlin got to it. He was almost coming for the win, and him and Denny Hamlin, and you know how much drama that surged. So Martinsville can definitely be a dramatic racetrack. Uh, and his first time there it, following or excuse me, earlier that season, he was able to finish third. So Chase Elliott could be a contender. Denny Hamlin, who I was just talking about, he's always very good at Martinsville. He's had some decent finishes in the past, had some wins in the past there. Uh, Maybe we can see Hamlin coming away with the win. Uh, Kyle Busch, we saw Kyle Busch finish second there in the first time we went there last year, and then coming back and placing one spot better with first the second time and punching his ticket to the championship for Kyle Busch will definitely have to be someone you're going to have to be come Sunday. Jimmy Johnson, we've seen a reboot in that team coming back and finishing stronger over the past couple of weeks. Now that they're back on the East Coast and can get that car where it needs to be, we know those Hendrick cars are pretty fast at short tracks right now uh, after Phoenix. I call it a short track, but not really, but we know they're relatively fast there and they've been fast there before uh, such a different track than what we've been used to seeing over the past couple of weeks with Atlanta Las Vegas and Auto Club so maybe Jimmy Johnson who's won there many times can come away with the grandfather clock or Clint Boyer could this be his time because he's had great finishes there last season finishing seventh in the first one and backing that up with third in the second one so could Clint Boyer finally punch that ticket that'd be amazing to see definitely great for him 100 plus uh, winless streak right now. So 
Lots of action to cover, like I said, when we get back on At The Stripe Podcast next week. Make sure you're setting your calendar, setting your date, setting your reminder. Make sure you're checking out our website at tsjsports.com. All of our different varieties of sports, we've got some of the best writers out there doing what they love to do and trying to get that news out for you guys, including myself, who, you know, I'd love for you guys to check out my articles and and the rest of my fellow writers in the NASCAR department. Also, make sure you leave us a comment under this podcast. I'd love to see what you're thinking about the upcoming race weekend and what you're thinking about the podcast and how we can make it better. So hopefully you guys are right back here next Tuesday for... The next episode of At The Stripe where we break down all the action from Martinsville. But until then, stay safe and we'll see you soon.